as you've heard, a master plan on the future of the Northern Territory's 85 parks and reserves is now complete. It sets out a number of targets for the next 30 years around nine themes, including tourism, park access and Aboriginal economic development. Now, developing a plan for new tourism products, a climate change strategy and and as well as that, new short walks and swimming areas and four-wheel drive tracks with camping sites are among the goals over the next couple of years. And joining me on the line to talk further about it is Sally Egan, who's the Executive Director of Parks and Wildlife. Good morning to you, Sally. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for your time this morning. Sally, what's the aim of the master plan? Uh, So really what we were trying to do when we set out on this exercise was to have some sense of how the community felt about an agreed set of strategic objectives. So we ha- it's been a while since mm. we've had a broader public conversation about you know what national parks are for in the Northern Territory and what our community expect from them. So it was an opportunity to just firm some of that up. And so as part of the plan, what are those main themes that you're really trying to sort of firm up and, and um, give people a better idea, I guess, of what we're looking at to the future? So we needed to say something about our biodiversity values and cultural values and and I guess restate that that was the primary purpose of the National Park and, and that's what informs people about when they visit our parks. That's the branding that they're really looking for. That's what National Park means to people. Um, we also needed to do some resetting and recommitment in the joint management space. So... Um, it's it's an amazing commitment, the joint management commitment in the Northern Territory, and it just needed a bit of a fresh look to make sure that we were able to go forward into a into a good future with that. Um, tourism and recreational futures for Territory Parks are very important, so we all understand how integral tourism and parks are in the Territory. They they're hand in hand, and. Uh, Territorians are reliant on the park estate for most of their recreational opportunities. There isn't a lot of other land access opportunities in the Territory if it's not to one of our parks and Mm. reserves. So that was really important. Um, We have to do our bit in the Aboriginal economic development space um, and, you know, we've got lots and lots of opportunity, but without a new stated and concerted effort, then, you know, change won't happen by itself. We needed to really... Uh, decide what it was that we were going to do in that space and and push the agenda. Um, Partnerships, you know, we can't do this on our own. We need everybody to help us with it. Growing the estate, so this was an interesting conversation about whether Territorians would be interested in seeing more national parks and reserves, given that there is such a large amount of land already set aside from production in the Territory. and, And we got really strong feedback that, yes, Territorians would be keen to see new parks and reserves established. Yeah, right. And lastly, park access, and this is a funny little theme. This is really about you know making sure that we're um, keeping a live agenda on infrastructure and road access. And um, we got quite strong feedback from people about equity of access. So um, Territorians want everybody to be able to go to parks. You know, all abilities, people, people, whether they're rich or poor, all mm-hmm. of that came up in that conversation so we just needed to say something about that. Yeah now can you tell me about some of that infrastructure which has been flagged as part of the master plan? 
Um, so there's a second document that goes with the master plan, which is called the NT Parks 10-Year Activation Plan. And so this is where the infrastructure priorities got set. Um, and I'll be um, quite frank about those because we only had, you know, two years to do this. We didn't have time to go out and have very long conversations about this. Yeah. So most of the stuff that's in here is things that people would have seen before, not not necessarily not new, stuff. new ideas. And if there is a new idea, it'll be qualified by, you know, we'll have to talk to traditional owners or there yeah. might be some more work we need to do on that space. So that plan has um, quite a, a long list of what we think we can build um, over the next 10 years. And, you know, the, the money for that will we'll have to... Some of it's already funded, some of it's in the pipeline, and we know we'll be able to fund it, and some of it we'll be looking for third-party investors. Yeah, right, because that was going to be one of the questions that I would ask, is how exactly is it going to be funded and is there going to be additional costs to Territorians in terms of having to pay to, to get access to parks? Yeah, so so the master plan is not happening in a vacuum. It's it's happening in association with the revenue measures that people are seeing roll out across parks. So there was the um, increase in camping fees and the introduction of multi-day walking fees, which does affect Territorians, and yep. that has already improved our um, our resourcing, I guess. And then the next one, the big one, the game changer, is the Parks Pass, which is due in on the 3rd of April, where Territorians don't have to pay. And, and it's not my expectation or anyone's expectation that they will have to. In fact, we're setting up the online booking system so that, you know, you don't even have to log on um, if you're a Territorian and, and get a Parks Pass even for free. Yeah, right. So... Um, so, so, but that, that being able to have a, you know, a, a reasonably low entry fee for interstate and international visitors makes a huge difference to resourcing and we'll be able to do a lot of the work that's in this master plan based on that revenue stream. So there is enough revenue that comes in from those interstate visitors or you're hoping that there will be from sort of the 3rd of April when those passes come into play that it will fund some of this work? Correct. Yep. It'll it'll fund uh, a lot of things. So it'll you know a lot of the feedback that came up in the planning process from people was that we want more investment in joint management. We want more time spent with traditional owners on country. We want better weed control. We want fer better feral animal control. We want to be able to see a ranger when we go out on park. We want you to be you know a little bit fatter as an organisation, and we want um, our infrastructure to be maintained a little bit better and we want you to be able to think about some new and interesting mm -hmm. things. So so we'll go through a process now of doing what I'm calling an investment planning process where yep. we'll look at that revenue and we'll we'll work out how we're going to try and give the Territorian community what they have asked for. Sally, we are running out of time, but I do want to ask, when it comes to that GAMBA management, uh, how is that going and what additional work's going to happen as part of uh, your forward planning to, to make sure that we've got the GAMBA grass under control as best we can? Uh, GAMBA at Littrell, so it's, a, it's an old issue and, and I know we're running out of time, but I think you know, we just have to sit down with all the information and we're really pleased that we've got the, the modelled um, 
you know, future projections from CDU because that makes lets us make some really good decisions about what we do going forward. We're not yet able to say we're going to do this one or we're going to do that one. Or and I and I still really want to see some sort of modelling mm-hmm. that tells me how much money I would need to spend at Litchfield that would see gamba grass get less. So. Yep. The, the models that we've got at the moment are still saying, well, it'll be this amount of millions and at that amount of millions you will hold the line. But I, I think be bolder than that and say, well, how many millions would it be before we start to see less and less and less gamber at Litchfield? So it's part of an ongoing conversation and I'm, and I'm not sure, apart from the work that we've got in place and, you know, this investment planning process, we're not yet at a, at a position to be able to say we're going to do X mm. at Litchfield. But, but we will do something. Well, Sally Egan, the Executive Director of Parks and Wildlife, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much for having a chat with us and talking us through some of what is in that master plan. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too.